Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrim, a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and the consequences that follow. I am your host and DM, Scott. Hi, my name is Shannon. I play Arnis Gray, or Gray the Great, to my fans. I am a half-elf bard. Hi, my name is Chris. I play Vale the Changeling Rogue, sometimes known as Kara Frostfall or Lord Carver Golddagger III. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the human monk. Thank you for joining us. Please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Book 2, Chapter 34 Planning Ahead Welcome to Vermilion, the capital of Sarakar, the city of gods, the city of the king. It's one city, or three, or 37, or 73. It all depends on who you ask and who you are. There's a place for everyone in Vermilion, but everyone is not welcome in all places. As you leave the Denouement Guildhouse, you find yourselves in the outer human burrow of Vale's childhood. Quite literally. Almost. You were just in the Temple of St. Phaleron on the other side of the continent, seeking to redact certain... Secrets from the Celestials' records, they have granted you permission to enter Vale's Book of Memories, which appeared as a scroll when extracted from them. Goshia gave you special gloves to enter the memories, and crystal goggles to see without losing yourself. The further you get from Vale's own memories, the more you see ripples in the sky, and buildings, and even the people. And as we pull the focus back out into the real world, we see Goshia grabbing histories of Vermilion and various biographies and tales, weaving magic between them and Vale's memories. That's super cool. <laughs> the temple has a lot of knowledge from this time, but it also takes time and effort to sync it with your actions. Sam watches with amazement as she does her best to make sure your experience is genuine. As Goshia continues to weave this magic, we pull back in through the pages to the three of you. Vale's mother... Perseverance, Purse for short, has been given a final target. She did not know it was final, but Vale, you know that this is the last time you saw her. This target has been revealed to be Patches, the young elf boy you met in Capris. The orders have information on where and when to find him, along with a detailed sketch of his face. What do you do? The first question is where and when are we going to find him? Okay. Like, I would assume now? No, I assume. Mean, like, the details. What are they? Oh, yes. okay. The details of the mission. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm with you now. Sometimes the denouement orders are a little bit more open-ended. Sometimes they are precise. In this case, they are precise. It could be because the window is so small, or because timing is important. In this case, as you're reading through the orders, you can see that Patches is expected to be in the inner elven borough. There's a condo across from the embassy, which in present time is destroyed. Way to go, guys. You didn't do it personally, but you were part of the uh, chain of events, let's just say. But yet there's a condo across from that embassy, and he's expected to be there shortly after 1 a.m. in the backyard. Okay. That's when he's... Exp- information. What time is it approximately? And where are we at in range of exhaustion? Because 1 a.m. I feel like would be... Unless you do anything too strenuous during the day, I wouldn't worry about that. Okay. But as for right now, it's still just before lunchtime. Okay. So, with this information, do the kind of typical spycraft thing. We want to find, like, a cafe or a tavern where we can sit down and I can kind of play with my plan and we can start manipulating things, because I have a plan. (laughs) So you just want to find a cafe and, like, do the planning as you're having, like, rolls and tea? Yeah. (laughs) Very casually. Awesome. I love it. What's the name of this little cafe that you guys are all going to? It's the Steaming Pot. Dude. And it's something that I remember fondly as a place that my mother used to take me and I used to get, like, a tasty little butt, like croissants or something. Steaming pot. Yes. Wonderful. 
Are you sitting at outdoor tables yes. or is this all inside? Okay. You're at outdoor tables. Uh, there's a young human girl who comes up to take your order. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Steaming Pot. My name is Laura Lynn. What can I get for you today? I order a chocolate croissant and a cup of tea. Darwin gets the same as Vel because he figures Vel knows what to do. the order. <laughs> All right. Two teas, two chocolate and croissants. And is like, can we drink? <laughs> um, I give you a little look. Like, really? A tea shop? Like, are you... <sighs> I guess it's only lunchtime. I'll have the same thing as them. But I won't be happy about it. If you had a flask, you'd just push <laughs> I don't, though. You should. Spice it doesn't have tea. to be a magic flask. It could just be a flask. No, I, I generally just go play places and they give me alcohol. That's pretty much how that works. Okay. But this is an exception. So, okay. Lorelin takes your orders and heads back inside. And they all sense their plan out. Mm-hmm. The thought is the first step is we ha- if we're going into the elven borough, we need to blend in. That's easier for me than for you all. I have a disguise kit. Which is why I look at Arnis and I say, do you think you can, I mean, as a half-elf you, you can make it work. you think you can make him work? Sure. I mean, I can um, disguise anybody. My plan... Like makeup and stuff. Yeah. My plan is to first go to the location, since it's this evening. Obviously do some reconnaissance. Figure out what sort of ways of entrance and exit there are. If it's in the garden, there's a place for us to lie in wait. If there isn't... We're getting some sort of way for us to get in quickly and quietly. If there are servants, that would be ideal, because I could very easily go in, do what I have to do, and go out. With you, depending on how this location is set up, close by, that if it goes to hell, you can assist me. Um, the fact that it's Patches concerns me, because we've met him. We know what he's dealt with and who his friend was, and he clearly wasn't telling us something when we met him. And if he was able to... If this is what causes my mother's death, something is going to go wrong. Whether it's he is way more powerful than she thought he was and he owns her or an alarm is raised, something happened. The advantage I have is the two of you. It's a good advantage. The question I pose to you all, especially to Arnis, is even though this is a hypothetical world, I'm going to be okay with me killing Patches. Dude, he killed your mom. That's all I needed here. Um, are you referring to now, here in the memories, or would you get back to the present real world? I was feeling out the real world by asking the now. The real world we'll deal with if we get back to the real world, yeah. but, but for now, yeah. At this point, I think the first step is obviously reconnaissance, figure out what we're dealing with. That would not be me. Oh, between Darwin and I, I think we can handle that. I guess I'll just sit here and drink tea. You should come with us. Because if shit hits the fan when we're doing reconnaissance, we're going to need help too. Yes. It's better than drinking tea. As you say that, Laurelin comes back with your three teas and chocolate croissants. Here you all go. I hope you all have a wonderful little snack. Anything else I can get for you? You need some water? Uh, napkins? I think we're going to be good. But uh, what do we owe you, Lorelai? Laura Lynn. Laura Lynn. Oh, that's a... Uh... Oh, you're in the outer human burrow, so... That'd be five copper. Do we have to pay real money? We don't have imaginary money, and we don't want to cause a ruckus. <laughs> so we have to pay real money. Five copper. <sighs> no, but it really doesn't matter to me. You said five copper? Yeah, five oh, copper. We now have zero copper. Oh, no. Good. I'm f- it wasn't even intentional. But yeah, you shouldn't ever need copper. What if we uh, need to make something out of copper? It's probably worth more than the coins. It's like pennies. Okay. Let me finish our snack. When we head out to the borough on the way, I want to find an alley that I can duck into and um, shift into Lord Carver. Okay. Sure. I mean, I'm not going to question you. You do mm. whatever the hell you want, but... Wait, 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 wait. Um, no, I'm trying to think of other elves I've met that I can shift into that aren't royal. You've met a bunch. Yeah, I know. Most recently, you met those wood elves outside of Tane's home. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's in one of those dudes. She's in one of those dudes. Let me go find their names here real quick. The one you spoke to the most, because you were being so very antisocial, was Yaroslav. He was the middle-aged wood elf man. He had a ponytail, salt and pepper. Yeah, I'll shift that guy. So yeah, fine. You look like a middle-aged wood elf man. Oh, doing that now? That's part of the reconnaissance. Okay. Yeah, we don't want to stick Oh. I, yeah. I oh, well, was actually, not aware that that was the plan. Actually, now that you mention it, going looking like one thing and coming back looking like something else is not a bad idea. Sorry. 
So you uh, don't want me to disguise him, or you want me to disguise him now and not later? No disguise now. Okay. <laughs> All right. That way, if shit hits him now, we can come back and you can look different. Smart. Okay. All right. And you don't want me to disguise myself either. No. You know what? I oh, I guess theoretically, I can just wear my armor under whatever my disguise is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can wear clothes over your armor. That's fine. You got that one over here. Just armor. make sure that's. The I just armor. have the crazy like duck feather armor. Except for your tight armor. pants. Oh yeah, those are not going over anything. No, no, no. That would be the <laughs> I would be putting on like like rags or something. Something. I mean, I'm sure you've got like clothes. Yeah, just regular clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's head out to this location, do some recon. Okay. Passing between the burrows is fairly easy. These aren't. I mean, they are gated, but that's not to say that they are human only areas or elven only areas or giant only areas. It's good. It's just the way the city is laid out. Vale, you grew up here. You know that the city is laid out in... Like, uh, the city is divided by, like, spokes. Okay. So there's a central hub where the castle is. And emanating from that, there are spokes of walls that go out and separate the city into 36 areas. One for each of the gods. And the entrance area. And each of those are divided into inner and outer. The outer is where you tend to find more of the lower class and merchants and animals the inner borough is where you tend to find more of the high-end merchants and, uh, like, the embassies and the rich folk uh, and the banks, like the good banks. Yeah. And unless you're doing anything particularly illegal, they tend to let people pass between the boroughs as they see fit. That's not to say some of the people won't judge you for looking poor in a high-class neighborhood. But, but you're not going to get stopped by the guards for being a specific race in a specific area. Exactly. Okay. Trying to get into the castle itself, though, that's a different story. Got it. But okay. yeah. So you make your way through to the inner elven borough, where everything looks much nicer than the outer human borough of the Denouement Guildhouse. Lots of fancy stonework, very well manicured plant life, very fancy flowers, smells quite nice. The elves you see walking about are well-dressed and polite for the most part. Where are you headed to? I don't want it to be, like, obvious that we're making a direct beeline for the location that we're supposed to be at, but we are headed pretty much there with, like, a, like we're on a walking tour, and we're going to take a couple side streets and then kind of just happen by it. That's fine. As you make your way through, the embassy is very easy to spot. It's got little flags kind of attached to the outside, one of which is for the city of Vermilion itself. Bears the king's standard, the bears Olwenir's mark. There's a place for another flag, depending on who is visiting the embassy, who's like an actual guest. Um, but right now it appears to be without visitors. Across from that is a set of condos. Uh, this is where like, the people traveling with the ambassadors stay, but who aren't high enough up the ranks to stay in the embassy itself. Like coachmen and stuff. They keep their help nearby, but they don't get to stay in the really nice building. Okay. And I know which buildings of these is the one that uh, he's supposed to be in, right? That was probably uh, Yeah. It's referenced very clearly in the orders. It's about three stories tall. Oh, sorry, not about. It is three stories tall. There are three floors. There are massive stone pillars along the front, a very Roman-type design, except they're all engraved with vine and plant life going up around the outside. And stationed out front are two guards, as is standard when there's somebody staying there. Okay. So we're going to not stop. We're just going to keep walking. Um, okay. And do a once around the block to see if I can see anything like of the backside. As you travel around the block down the street, you notice that, yeah, even though this is the a nicer portion of the city, the buildings are still fairly well cramped in. It has that old city vibe, like London, where buildings are just mm-hmm. all around and not always laid out in the most sensible manner. If you were to go around the block on the street itself, uh, yeah, there'd be some homes backing up to the backside of this condo. But there is a very narrow alley that passes through the middle of that. Um, do you want to go down that alley? I want to take a look down the alley. I don't want to go down it quite yet. Okay. There's a long alley that bisects the block. All right. I want to try and find the house that is closest to directly behind the house that the target's going to be at. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Um, is there any sort of guard presence at this house? No, this is not a like foreign dignitary or guest type house. This is probably just a citizen of the city. Well off. It's nice. It's a two-story building. Got a flat roof. Decent stonework. Not as nice as the embassy or the condos across the street from it. No, 
plotting. There's a couple of ways to go about this. How high were the walls in the alley between, like, I'm, I'm picturing literally the alley is like a, a tight space and there's a back <laughs> wall for each of the homes, right? Or for the gardens to separate. Mm-hmm. So how high are sure those walls? They get as high as about 20 feet. Oh, those are freaking high. Okay. Rich people, man. Yeah. That just, it makes the thought I had had not quite work because I don't want to fall from that height. It's only 20 feet. Uh, okay. What's the width of the alley? Maybe five feet. It's very narrow. Mm. It's not necessarily the inhabitants of these really nice homes who are always going down through there. It's probably more for their help. Got it. Give me a second. No problem. Darwin and Aranis, how are you enjoying this little tour of the Inner Elven Burrow? I'm really just following the mail. <laughs> but we're enjoying it. Like, I'm not. I don't do surveillance. I don't even know what I'm looking for. I'm mm-hmm. just, like, I'm I'm literally just here in case something goes wrong and I have to heal somebody. Darwin, you can make a five-foot jump in your sleep, right? Yeah. All of you can. Like, down off of something. No, I'm talking horizontal jump. Mm. From fence to fence. Yeah, five-foot jumps are easy. Like, when you know you have to jump, yeah, it's simple. If there's no pressure. If you're yeah. fleeing from somebody, yeah, there's a little bit. But when you've got your time, yeah, it's no problem. Okay, let's take a walk down the alley. I want to scope out if there's a back door in the wall, if there's a gate or something. I want to know if this is a, an option for egress should the shit hit the fan. Not into those condos. Some of the other just regular homes down this alley do have back doors, either through walls or through fences, to get into their backyard area. But these condos do not. Those walls are security for the condos. Fewer guards they have to post. Yeah. So we've got the embassy across the street. Condos there. Pair of guards at the gate. At the front entrance. It's not gated at the front. It's going to be in the backyard at one. That's what the intel says. Um, Are there guards? Were there guards in front of the neighboring building where they go also? Let's find out. Uh, High or low? I'll go low because I'm not feeling lucky tonight. That is very low. It's two... Uh, do you want there to be guards there? It'd be great if that weren't. Then no. Since nobody is staying in the embassy, the condos are kind of being rented out to wealthy individuals, and it appears that the one where Patches is expected to be is the only one that's got people staying in it right now. So at the end of the, the, end of the street, I'm going to pull over uh, pull Arnis and Darwin close. I need you to, to just go start a conversation with those guards to distract them. Um, so that they are looking up the street so that I can try and break in or investigate the house down the street from our target. Oh, oh this is good. So wait, what direction do you need them to be looking? I want to look up the street so I can be at the down street house knocking on the door trying to interact with that house. Okay. Bill just needs a distraction so y'all can break, so they can break in. Good. Okay. Alright, Darvin and Arnest, do you want to go distract some guards? Yeah. Sure. Really. Alright, how are you doing this? Um, Could ask them long, stupid questions. I'm gonna do a little bit of that, but I'm just gonna say, like, hey guys, interesting gig you got here. It's guard duty, sir. It's pretty standard. We're guards. No, but I, mean for, but I mean, for like part of the embassy. Do you guys like shift around the city, or do you do this building all the time? If there's people here, yeah. If not, other places. Yeah. That's cool. Where do you get those uniforms? <laughs> Standard issue, sir. Um, can I help you with anything? No, no. Just, like, like government issue? Like your boss gives them to you or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Boss gives it to us. That's super cool. Really? S- sir, you can just go ahead and move along. No, no, no. I'm interested We're- in this. Do they, like, do they, like, pay for dry cleaning or whatever, too? <laughs> I don't know if they get dry cleaned or not. It just but like you don't have, you don't have to clean it. They clean it. No, I don't clean my own uniform. Oh, that's no. Such a sweet gig. Wouldn't you love to not have to clean your uniform? I would love to not. Have to clean my uniform. <laughs> I hate having to clean my own uniform. Same. <laughs> oh, so these are uniforms you're wearing? In a sense, yeah. Uh, what do you do? A little of this and a little of that. I play music. Mostly. You need a uniform for music? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Are you in a marching band? No. <laughs> then why would you? Um, because my fans have to know who's playing. Oh. And if they see the clothes... They don't know you by name, then. I understand. No, I mean, they know it's me by name. It's rough out there. But I'm cultivating a look. Right. Uh-huh. And you're in the band, too, are you, sir? <laughs> As he motions to Darwin. He plays chess drums. 
I play chess drums. <gasps> Give him a demonstration. Would you like a demo? <laughs> I love where this is going so much. Sure. Yeah, yeah, we don't get much music standing guard in Oh, front don't of the forget, condos. you also whistle. You've been practicing oh, that too. Oh, I whistle too. <laughs> I don't know if I can whistle and chest drum at the same time. Should we try that? It now's you some vibrato, though. Now's the time to test your skills. <laughs> right. So you want to play two instruments at once, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> Are you accompanying me, or am I just going to be like. <laughs> I think you need to go solo, and then I'll show them my sweet, sweet skills. So, Darwin, what are you doing musically? <laughs> Describe so it to me, and I will tell you what to roll. Okay, so I'm starting with a nice chest drum beat, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or something. Mm-hmm. And then I'm adding in a whistling melody over the top. <laughs> All right. It doesn't have to be a good melody. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be, but we'll find out here. Uh, you're rolling performance with disadvantage because you are multitasking in something that you are not skilled in. <laughs> it's going to go well. The, be- the worse it goes, probably the better play. The bigger idiot you make yourself Oh, I got a six. Okay. This is not going well. The guards are not impressed by you at all. They're turning away. Just like, oh, sir, please. Um, that's unnecessary. <laughs> I don't know who's paying you to do that, but... Please, no. Oh, nobody yet. I'm the real talent. Then why did he play first? <laughs> I'm the opener. He makes, me, he makes me look good. Really good. It works every time. <laughs> I make mad bank, yo. Alright, well, give us something to wash that sound out of our ears. Oh, sure. And I just, I play something like my standard opening number or whatever it is. I'm rolling performance. Yeah, right? performance. Yeah. You got an 18. Yeah, you're better. You're much, much better. If I were you, maybe I would take him and, you know, make him practice before you bring him up on a stage anywhere. Oh, no. He ups my tips, like, tenfold. I think I might leave if I heard him playing somewhere. No, because people pay me to keep going so that he doesn't come back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so he's like a threat on the side of the stage the whole time. A little bit. I don't really need it, though, as you can tell. Yeah, I stand there, like, with my hands right on my chest, like... Like, ready to go? Don't make me start. <laughs> How much longer do we need to distract these dudes? No, we've been good for, like, three minutes. I just wanted to keep going. Yeah. This has been fun bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, the guards are distracted. Do you want to go to check out one of these neighboring condos? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the closest neighboring condo. Um, the neighbor? I'm going to knock on the door. There's no response. Sweet. Is there like a side yard thing I could try and get through, or is it like front door, buildings butted up to the other sides? The buildings all butt up against one another on the sides. So they're effectively distracting the guards. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to check the rest of the street, make sure no one's watching me. Uh, Give me a perception. 14. Okay. You think you've got a nice opening here? going to try to turn myself and cover what I'm doing, but I'm going to try and pick the lock here. All right, go ahead and try to pick the lock. These tools are the same as myself, because I'm uh, awesome like that. Mm-hmm. And that's a 20. Good, because these are very important buildings. They do have good locks on them, and it takes you a little bit of time, but you eventually do get it unlocked. You hear the familiar click. And I'm going to go in the building, shut the door behind me, and relock it. Roll stealth. That's a 19. Okay, you're nice and quiet. As you make your way in, you can see Arnis and Darvin distracting the guards, and just like, no, no, no more music, man. Darvin, please stop. But they do not notice you go inside. You find yourself in a very well-furnished home. This is definitely meant for the upper crust. What I, uh, I'm hoping to investigate works for this. Um, and see oh, if you're doing. there are signs that there are people actively living in this building right now. Like, I want to know if I caught a window where there's no one in here, or if no one's currently renting. I'll let that be investigation. I can see how this works. I can see how it fails, but I can see how it works. Fourteen. Um, you're going through this condo, and you make your way into the kitchen, and you notice that there's no fresh food. It's all just dry stuff that's meant to just stay here in between visits. So if anybody's staying here, they're eating crap. Like, there's flour and oats and stuff. There's no eggs. There's no produce. There's no milk. This is a uh, multi-story building, correct? Yes, yes. There's only one kitchen. All right. I'd like to go to the next floor, and unless I'm you know, overworking here, I'd like to check this floor for any sense, too. I'd like to work my way through and be thorough. No, you're overworking okay. things here. There's, you don't need to go through and investigate each and every floor. You're okay. fine. 
Like, if that's what you're looking for, you're already pretty sure, no, there's no okay. staying here. Then, Between the no guards and the no good food in the house, yeah. Then I want to get to the topmost floor, and I want to go to, I want to find a window on the side. Or I guess you said the buildings go, like, they share walls, right? Yeah, so there's, so there's no windows on the side. That would just be a sneaky door into the other person's home, which yeah. they do not allow. <laughs> So then I want to find the wall that would be the butt up against the wall and find a window on the back side of the building nearest that wall. Yeah, you can find a window back there. All right. And then from this window, is there any sort of, is there like a trellis? Is there a planter box? What I'm trying to see is if there's a way for me to to get <laughs> from this roof or this building to the building next door without having to like really just fingertip it in the bricks. <laughs> okay. As you look out the window, you can see that the backyards of these condos are laid out all very similar to one another. There are pillars that dress the backsides of all of these buildings. Uh, that 20-foot wall does exist between all of these backyards and on that back wall where the alley's at. As you look down, you can see these plush canopies extending out from what is probably like the back door, and they overhang about 15 feet, but they do not get close to one another like this is in the middle 10 feet of these 50-foot-wide backyards. As you scope out the walls, it does just look like there's pillars and molding, but no trellises or catwalks to speak of. So if I, if I were to go up rather than horizontal, like to get onto the roof, what would that entail? Climbing. Okay. From this, yeah, if you wanted to get there from this yeah. window, you'd have to climb. Okay. About how far of a, a climb is that? Because the roof right underneath the window ledge is there like... Maybe, maybe 10 cat. feet. Okay. Okay. These are high ceilings, so... Yeah. If I were to set up here with my hand crossbow, could I potentially have a shot on Patches in the backyard? Depends on where he's at. Based on my knowledge of Darwin's abilities, do I hypothesize that he could more easily get onto the roof than me? I think it would be the same for either of you. That's what I figured, but I just wanted to know. Like, I don't know if he has any sort of weird climbing abilities that he can use with his key or anything like that. Unless he starts growing claws. No. Okay. We've already established there are not back gates to any of these homes. Right. Okay. Just solid stone wall. Probably about three, four feet wide at the top of it. Are there any oil lanterns or anything around? Roll perception. That is a ten. Not that you can see on the backs of these buildings or in the yards themselves. Anything in the room itself. Oh, in the room? Like night lantern near the bed. I'm assuming I'm in a bedroom, but I don't know. Yeah, there's probably a lantern in one of these bedrooms. If not where you're at right now, you can I probably can find, find a lantern in this building. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so that's it. That's a thought. I want to take a lantern and put it in the window. So, like, I could, if I needed to, I could see it from the yard. Does that make sense? Yeah. This is trying to play veil with multiple plans. An unlit lantern in the yep. windowsill. Yeah. Okay. Shoot it with a flaming arrow and start a fire. Okay. They get multiple plans. Veils. I... The thing I wrote about it is that yeah. they've got multiple plans. So, um, <laughs> I'm trying to play that, and it's not easy. So, at this point, I'm going to be going back downstairs, and I want to. Uh, want to go? Is there a back door? Obviously, there's a back door. We've said the yeah, door. there's a way to get into the backyard. Um, I want to unlock that door. Okay. I'm going to go to the front door and make sure that the guards are still distracted. You have to open it up if you want to go see if those guards are distracted. There's not a window I can look at. Not and see those guards. Okay. Then I'm going to creak them open, just creak right. it open just a little to see if I can see it. Roll that stealth again. I'm going to roll this die. <laughs> Thirteen. Arnis and Darvin. These two guards are. They've they've had pretty much enough of your music. I'm sure. <laughs> Sir. You, you're good, Arnis, Mr. Gray. Oh, I you never, there, buddy? I never give him my name. Not that it actually matters. I just want to know who I'm talking to. That's fair. And they motioned over like, please don't. Um, if there's nothing else, folks, please, we've got work to do. I'm sure you have places to be, right? Uh, do we? Guess. Not really. Ugh. I mean... It's not our job to entertain passers-by. Oh, no, so we, if there's nothing else... We were entertaining you. Yeah, you're guarding us. You're guards, right? Oh, we guard this building here. Yeah, but we're near the building, so you have to guard us as part of your guardly duties. Not until you get in that building. Oh, can we go in? No, you may not. Oh, why not? You're not on the list. There's a list? How do you get on the list? <laughs> God, I'm so annoying. I hate myself right now. Can I just, like, point that out? I have... Ugh. Yeah. Stay at the condos is arranged through the palace or the embassy. Are you are you part of an ambassador's entourage? Not yet. <laughs> well, then it <laughs> might be... <laughs> oh, I hate myself so much. Then it would probably be very difficult for you to arrange stay here. 
That sucks, because it looks really nice. Do you guys ever get to go inside? Yes, of course. It's awesome. What's it like in there? It's very nice. It's very comfortable. Comfortable? Like, what what do you mean by comfortable? Like, comfortable. Comfortable. Like, all the chairs, the beds. At least I assume the beds have never got to lie down in one. Oh, that's a bummer. Well, we don't stay here. We just guard it. You don't get to, like, stay here while you're guarding it? No, there's shifts. What if you need a nap? Sleep at home. There's no napping on the job. It must be nice to be performers if you get to nap on the job. <laughs> you should see if you could sneak like a 10 minute ma- nap. It'd make a good story. I get to nap. And yeah. then you'd know if the beds were comfortable. Roll persuasion, Darwin. Oh, crap. 21. Dude. The guard just kind of like leans his head back and looks down the sides of the street. Okay, I haven't slept in the bed, but they've got this really nice armchair in there. It's practically a bed. Nice. Like, if it were in somebody's home, like, yeah. You'd think that's a bed, but no, this is huge. It leans back nice and far. You just sink right into the cushions. Don't tell anyone, right? Of course not. Thanks. You're a bad musician, but you're good people. Thanks. And Vale, as you're peeking out, you see the guards conversing with Arnis and Darvin. And I am going to lock the door and then shut it so it like shuts and locks behind me. We'll say this one does. Okay. Cool. Yeah, you lock it, pull it closed, you hear that click. Cool. And I'm going to kind of try and signal Arnis and Darwin and start heading in the direction that the guards are... Oh, wait. No. No. I have another idea. I'm going to walk up to Arnis and Darwin. All right. From where you're standing, you can see Arnis and Darwin facing directly towards you. The guards are have their backs turned to you. A little bit. Not fully turned. Like, quarter turn away from you. While I'm moving from where I am to where they are, would I have the ability to shift? I mean, yeah, that's just an action. Yeah. So, yeah. I want to shift um, the people that were in charge of the finances for Karami. They were an older couple, right? Yeah, they... I, mean, I don't need names. I just want to know, kind of like, that they don't look like young or attractive, but that I could look, if I shifted into the woman, I could look like an older, bigger woman if I tried to do that. I don't know if I would classify them as elderly, but yeah, they were older. Okay, cool. I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to kind of push through this foursome, try to get a good look at both of the guards as I push through. Okay, are you just going to keep walking on by? I'm just going to keep on walking through them. <laughs> uh, roll perception. 14. Okay. As you're pushing through, making your way past the guards and your friends, one of the guards, the one who's on your right, turns and looks at you as you're shoving through, and he quickly reaches down for a weapon. He reaches down for a sword, and then he sees you're just an older lady, and he just stops. <laughs> but you get a good look at him. Darvin or Arnis, I'm just going to say at some point, you know, he introduced himself as Ernier, so that way he's got a name. Vale, as you continue pushing through, he's like, Ma'am, please watch where you're going. Stick to the middle of the road, if you don't mind. We're on duty here. Sorry. Sorry, sir. Sorry. <laughs> just just trying, to, trying to make it home. Yeah, well, there's plenty of room not to bump into me. Okay, Us. okay. I'm just going to make it back now. Okay. Okay, anyway. we see this woman come by. Do we recognize her as the lady from Karami? Yeah, I clothes absolutely. I was wearing, too, and I didn't change my clothes. You worked with the Ordones long enough that, yes, you recognize them immediately. Cool. And he's like, oh, that's her. What? Wait, she's the same age as I saw her before and is wearing Vale's clothes. Yeah. I thank Ernier for his time. Let him know that it was lovely talking to him. I am so glad the city pays for your dry cleaning. We're going to get out of your hair now. Oh, before you go, before you go, since we got you here, you doing a show? It is unlikely. Unlikely? Why Why unlikely? How are you going to make money if you don't perform? Because mm, I'm just passing through. You're coming to the Capitol and not performing a show? No. The biggest audience you're going to find. True, but I have business elsewhere. Where do you perform? Does it matter if I tell them? I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> tell them whatever you want. Uh, I'm based on a Karami. Oh. So then this is passing through from where? Oh, uh, I don't believe that's your business, sir. <laughs> uh, I'm just curious. If you're heading back to Karami, it's... I mean, this is awfully far away, and if you weren't performing here... Oh, I was on a, uh, a sojourn of sorts, and I'm, uh, I'm headed home. And I'm really, at this point, anxious to get home. Roll persuasion. Oh, God. Yeah, okay. I crit. (laughs) (sighs) That's my one crit for the night, just in case you're wondering. Didn't mean to pry. Just curious. It's too bad you're not going to be playing. Wouldn't mind seeing you. Don't know about that guy. But, uh, yeah. Enjoy your trip back to Karami. I will. Enjoy your guard duty. It'll pass. (laughs) 
And we head off in the direction of not Vale. So you all meet up again. It's about 2, 3 o'clock now. Let's plan for the rest of the day. You've got hours and hours to go. Yeah, there's a long time to go. We are going to be better served after a shift change. Yeah. Those guards know us pretty well. Yes. They will pick the two of you out pretty easily. But, okay. So what I'm trying to think is if Vale's going to suggest that we we go find a nearby tavern for Arnis, or maybe inn that has a bar attached, and get a room for the next few hours so we can plan and set up and explain what I'm doing with some privacy. Arnis gives Vale a thumbs up. Cool. Beer. Wait, 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 wait. I mean, I'm not going to say no to this plan at all. I just need some clarification here. Are you going to go get a room for a few hours? That You're is... going to pay for a room for a few hours. Okay. You have to go to the outer boroughs for that. <laughs> they are not doing rooms by the hour on the inner boroughs. I'm not going to say we're looking for a room by the hour. I'm going to go say we find a room and stay in it for a few hours. Ideally, one that we can pay for in the morning, and then when we've bolted through the door at night, we don't have to worry about paying for it. <laughs> I don't actually even care about paying for it. We have money. Okay, We're fine. Whatever. These aren't real businesses. We shouldn't have to give them real money. True, but it doesn't matter. It's a principle. All right. You go in search of an inn or a hotel or someplace to stay. How Love is it hotel. that the rich guy is the stingy guy? How do you I think, think I got rich? rich? Exactly. I was just about to say that. <laughs> well, you think they get rich by spending money? Where do you want to find an inn? As nearby as possible. Okay. So you want to stay in the inner elven borough. Oh, you're near the embassy, too? So there are some high-end hotels here. Anyone could get something super nice. Earl Earl would be a sh- Earl. He would. <laughs> Earl Earl might be there, for all you know. Um, so the closest hotel you find is this palatial-looking building with gilded pillars and a bellhop out front. This is called Olwenir's Rest. Nice. <laughs> As you approach the front door, uh, Hop gets it for you. Welcome to Olwenir's Rest. I hope you have a wonderful stay. And he gives a little bow. Thank you. Can we head up to the front desk? Or whatever the concierge location is. Do we have a scent concierge? Oh my god. There's an elven man. He's dressed very sharply. He's got a nice high short collar and a tiny little tie. Like, it only goes down a few inches. Good afternoon. How may I help you? I'll look at Arnis and be like, because you're going to need to persuade him to let us have a room. Give him the head nod. Y'all got money. Money to know. But like if the rooms are booked or he gets snooty on us or something, you're the better (laughs) one to arrange this. It's snooty. Nobody gets snooty at me in my duck feather armor. Thank you very much. Uh, We need a room. Oh, very well. Um, How long would you like to stay with us? One night. Oh, just the one. Very well. And he grabs a quill and... Starts, like, checking a few things. What sort of accommodations are you looking for? Pretty basic. <laughs> we don't do basic here. Sorry. <laughs> it's all rather nice. Let's take the upgrade. Uh, well, then... Do you... How many beds do you need? Would you like an in-room bar? A massage table? Or this is going for the Are you bar. looking for, um, incense? Um, none of those things. A couple of beds. Some place mm. we can wash a face, maybe. Do you need servants to help with washing your faces? No. Yes. No. Dark no. no. <laughs> we don't. Mm-hmm. I see, I see. Um, hmm. Like looking over his list and like flipping a few pages. I hate this guy in this place. I'm just I'm pointing that out. I'm afraid the most basic we can do is in the vineyard wing. Of course it is. Okay. I don't know what that means, but okay. I see. We've never stayed here before. Licks the end of the quill a little bit. Marks down something. Yes, I see. He looks up at you. Writes a few things down. <sighs> Very well. Uh, you may leave your bags with the bellhop, and uh, he will es- take them to your room and escort you the way. Perfect. We don't. We'll carry our bags. Well, we'll carry our own bags. But he can definitely show us the way. And we'll mm. still tip him. And we'll, still, we'll still tip him. But he licks I'd, the quill again. Makes a few more notes. Put us on somebody's radar, just in case you're wondering. Very well, one night, uh, minimal bellhop service, no massages, no washing, very well, yeah, yes, yes, not going to stop you. <sighs> very well, uh, ten gold, please. Sure, hand it over. Hand him some extra. 
And here's two for you. We don't want someone coming barging in the room messing with our afternoon. Why are they going to do that? I don't know. Nothing suspicious about three people coming in for one night to a very fancy hotel who refused to let go of their bags. Don't think that would be a red flag. All right. So I hand over the ten, and then I give him. I give him personally two extra, and I say, "This is for you for taking such good care of us." Mm. Oh well, thank you very much. Would you like to roll persuasion? I guess so. To see if he took that as wanting special services, or if you're just if you're just making up for being jerks. I mean, I wasn't really a jerk. I just. You decline the servants, you're kind of a jerk. I crit. Again. Those are all my crits. I'm not having another one. I'm going to roll twos and threes for the rest of the night. As you slide him the extra gold, you see the bellhop coming up, and he goes, no, 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 not you. Jean-Z, (laughs) Jean-Z. See to these people. And a strapping young elf man comes, may I help you with your bags? Oh, no, I'm sorry. He's telling me no. Um, Right this way. And he takes a key from the desk man uh, and will escort you to a very nice room. Cool. He escorts you to the vineyard wing where there are a number of tapestries and wall paintings and murals and stuff to make you feel like you're out in a vineyard. It smells rather pleasant and it is warm and there are carafes of wine regularly spaced down the hall. There you go, Ernest. I don't know what standard bellhop tip is. Jean Z will escort you into the room. He will show you the beds, the furniture. Where the mini bar is, there's of course more wine. If you need anything, this bell. It hands one to each of you. You need merely ask. Perfect. And he stands there at the door with it, like with his hand on the handle. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm just like. I don't know how much I should give him. Isn't a gold like what a peasant makes in a month? In like a year. Yeah. It's a lot of money. I think a silver's not too bad. A couple silver maybe, or throw him a gold. Too bad you spent all that copper. <laughs> That's just cruel. I'm going to give him a gold. He doesn't even look down to, like, check it out to see what it is. Just immediately slides it into a pocket inside his vest. The name's Jean-Z, if you need me. He gives a little bow and opens the door, just backs out slowly. Closes the door behind him. Just, like, constantly, like, looking at you, giving you slight little head nods. It's a very posh hotel you're it staying is. at. It's very posh. It really is. just wish I were posh myself. I could better explain what you're seeing here. <laughs> I uh, immediately sit down on the bed or the nearest place I can sit down and drop my bag, and I uh, tell him, "Okay, I got a plan." Okay. So the target is supposed to be in place at one. My thought is that we don't want to be lying in rest for too long, or lying in wait for too long. So if we head out from here, how long is it going to take us to get to the location? From here, from here. not long. Okay, so just a little bit before midnight. I left the building next door's back door unlocked. I'm pretty confident I could get into the front door again if we needed to. My thought is it's, it was pretty clear to me that no one's currently staying there. So if we can get over the fence or the wall in the alley, we get into the neighboring house, get up onto the next level. Um, what was the distance again from the other yard to that window? It was like 50 feet, you said? The backyards are about 50 feet wide. Okay. Uh, the windows were probably maybe 10 feet in from the corner. Okay. Then from there... Ernest could take a position in the window of the house that we're in while Darwin and I make our way to the roof of the neighboring house under the cover of darkness and attack him when he comes out. Oh, God, what's that fall from the roof to the ground? Ooh. See, we already determined these are three-story buildings, and they have high ceilings. So that fall is going to be... Wow, let's just have a nice round number of 50 feet. Well, still doesn't ruin my plan. I'm just going to have to come down. Darwin can drop... I'm going to have to make my way down, but we have enough rope. My idea is to get down and find a place to hide while we wait for him. Then once he's out, I'm hoping I can get the drop on him, I can one-shot him. If that doesn't happen, when I finally do make the attack, I have an idea on how I can lure him into a spot where we all can see him, so we all attack in unison, in the hope that we can get him in that one quick round and then move on as if nothing happened. That's plan A. Do we need to do anything with the body afterwards? Were there instructions about the body? No. No instructions about the body. No, we just need to leave. Your way out of... Well, your way out of this immediate area would probably be back to one of the other furrows, but your way out of Vale's Book of Memories is through that door. Once we've done that, we'll head back to the door and we're done. Easy peasy. Sure. All right. As you're all in this room discussing what's going to go down later tonight, everybody roll perception. 
That's a 17. What about you, Arnis? 21. And Darwin? 21. Wow. So then, yeah, you're all going to see this and get all this information at the same time. As you're in this room, chatting about the plan, you notice another ripple in the air, and it kind of passes through the wall of your room, and as it does so, you see it kind of peel back what you're seeing, and behind it, you just see text. This is script. It's just kind of showing the memories and the history of what's happening here in the city right now. There's a lot of information there, but what stands out the most is something that is in not great handwriting, which all of you instantly recognize as Sam's handwriting. And you see something scrawled in the margin of this page, and it just says, they know you're coming, it's... And then it scratches off the page as if like someone had ripped his hand away. Oh, no. Oh, dear. And then the ripple kind of recedes back, and that text closes up. Well, fuck. Thanks, Scott. It, it's still a good plan. You just may not, like, you know where he's going to be and when he's going to be. They just know we're coming. Yeah. Which doesn't surprise me. If my mom died doing this mission, someone probably tipped them off. Which is my theory. Yeah. In that probably what happened was Sam read or saw or heard something tried to communicate it with us, and the Celestials didn't want him to do it because they want us to work this out on our own and not have help. Also, you don't write in other people's books. What are you, a monster? Yep. Well, that's true. <laughs> I said we stick to the plan. Unless something happens between now and the time we plan to move, and we just make sure that we're ready for... Anything? Yeah, pretty much. I will defer to your judgment. So with that revelation, I was going to say, listen, neither of you are dying here. I want to make a slight change to the plan. Okay. Um, Darvin, I don't want you on the roof of the building with this guy's in. Uh, I want you on the roof of the building that we're staging from, and you can use your bow from there. Arnish, when the combat begins, if he's in range, I would like you to light him up with some fairy fire. That way I still get my advantage, and still get my sneak attack if that goes on beyond the first round. Okay. If at any point I go down, you leave. <laughs> You will not die in this space to keep me a secret. Oh, that is, that is like such a big like, character jump from the last time when you were like ready to just say fuck all. Oh, my heart. Vale waits for. I mean, Vale just looks at Darwin and nods, assuming that Darwin will agree with this. Uh, no, does Darwin agree? I don't know. At least outwardly. Outwardly, yes. Outwardly, I think Darwin can be like. This is what Vale wants, I can respect that. Does Artis say anything, or do they continue to deliberate and look at Vale? Because Vale has more to say to Artis if they don't say anything. I don't really know what to say. So Vale's going to say to Artis, Artis, I don't know what's going to happen to us if we die in this place, but you already have a complicated enough death. I can't add whatever happens here to that. I can't be responsible for that. Except that what you're asking me to do literally goes against one of my basic tenets. I'm I, a healer. I heal people. I understand that, but if I'm not going to make it out, you need to make it out. Um, I agree. Okay. And then from this point, we rest and prepare for the evening. So you've still got some time before he is expected to be in that backyard. Is there anything you want to do before you go and put things into motion. You should have had me go into that alley with you. I could set up a glyph of warning. We could go back and do it. We can't risk going there three times. If you want to bring it up, we can plan to go earlier and do it. It's not a terrible idea. Yeah, It does take an hour to set it up, though, and my concern with that, because I thought of it as, like, three random people hanging out in an alley. For an hour. Well, I could be making my way upstairs, right? Where would you be putting it in the alley? I don't actually know, but I was thinking that, like... So even if you put it on the wall, that'd still be exterior part of the wall. Or if you put it on the opposite wall, is there an explosive one? Yeah. <laughs> Could it conceptually <laughs> blow the wall? 
give us an egress if we needed it. If you want to blow up a wall, I'm not going to stop you from trying. Because the thought then is, if we put it on the opposite wall of the building that I'm attacking, right? My thought is, if it explodes, it's a five-foot alley, contained space, it's going to do something to the walls around it. That could potentially wreck them and give me a way to bolt if I need to bolt. That's risky, though. It would be less risky to literally just put explosives on the wall, which we don't have, and just literally blow What the are the wall. other things that it can do? Oh, it can do mm. plenty of stuff. It can store spell, it can explode. I, I think know. those are really the two options, but that whole storing a spell thing really means it can do anything. As long as I know the spell. How, look, how big yeah. does it have to be? Let's just look it up. Or with an object that could be closed, such as a book, a scroll, or a treasure chest that conceals the grip. If you choose a surface, it can be no longer than 10 feet diameter. Mm. So you only made it 10 feet that last time because you wanted to make sure somebody stepped on it. Yeah. Oh, but if you choose an object, it must remain in place. So you can't, like, put it on an object and then carry that object with you. That makes sense. Otherwise, you could just have, like, a walking bomb. Yeah. Or it'd be, like, a ring of spell storing, which is, yeah. like, Some a magical item on purpose. Entirely, yeah. Like, it's special for a reason. Uh, something you want to try? That's cool. If not, that's all right. This whole glyph talk never makes it to the air. Well, my thought would have been to put it on an item, but if the item has to stay stitched and and have it store healing spell, yeah, you can't can like activate carry a book with you time. and just like, oh, yeah. Oh, see, because I was thinking if we're in this house, like putting one like in front of the front door. Oh yeah, if we're so facing it, the alley, so we can go out the back door and the front door can blow as a literally glyph of warding. That's not a bad idea. We can get there early enough to do that. All right, cool. And the plan is to leave earlier. Arnis. So my understanding is placing it not in front of the condo, but inside the front door of the condo. Oh, in the living room. Or in the entryway, I mean. Oh, I was just going to do it, like, right in front of the front door. But then you're camping out in the front of the front door, casting a spell for an hour. If you do it on the inside, then it triggers when someone comes into the building, and it gives you a warning, but it also, no one, you don't risk someone seeing you do it. I guess that's true. It's up to you. It's your spot. Yeah, but I don't need somebody thinking I'm weird and creepy standing outside of a house for an hour in the dark. Doing magics. Yeah. Because no matter what you're doing, that looks suspicious. Uh-huh. Even just standing on a porch for an hour looks suspicious. <laughs> Even when it's your own porch. Yeah. Surprisingly. Unless you have other people and you're, like, hanging out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I do it, like, just inside the front door. Basically, I want to make it as big, like, as big as I can to, like... Okay. Are there, like, front windows next to the front door? Yeah. Yeah, Certainly so are. I want to cover as much of that ground as I can in case they come in, like, through windows. All right. Well, first things first, let's get you all into that building. How are you getting in? My thought was back wall. Okay. You want to scale the back wall? Yeah. That's fine. So it's around midnight when you make your way into this alley on the back side of the condos. Stone wall, you know which one it is if you want to get into that condo. Yep. Just climbing it? Yep. Let's see. I'm not so much worried about you making it over. It's a climbable wall, and you're not in a big rush, but if you want to be quiet, go ahead and roll me a stealth. Is that everybody? Yeah, it's everybody. <laughs> Darvin. 21. Wow. Mm-hmm. Arnis. 11. Vale. 17. Arnis, you are the least stealthy of the three. No but, surprise there. But luckily this is a back alley. People don't just come down here all the time. So really all you're hearing is like some scraping of your boots on the wall. But you make it up. It didn't seem to draw any attention. And you're all able to lower yourselves down along the wall face to get down into the yard. From this wall to the back door, it's about 100 feet. There's some nice bushes out. This backyard has a bunch of, let's say, daisies and some nice wooden benches. Well, I'm going to move stealthily up to the back door. You're fine. Okay. Now that you're in this area, you're fine. You can go up to the back door. Cool. And get it inside. Sorry. So it's still unlocked? You can get inside. The back door is still unlocked. Um, I want to do a quick once-over, because now that I know that, like, they know we're coming, um, I want to make sure that, like, that I don't notice anything has been disturbed or changed, obviously, from when I was there earlier. I mean, nothing in this house has changed. Cool. That doesn't sound good. Um, all right, then I lead them up to the second story, or the Third. top story. Yeah. And I'm going to... There's your lamp still sitting right there in the windowsill. Perfect. That's that's a good sign. I'm going to open the window, and I'm going to suggest that Darwin go up first, because if he falls, he's got slow fall. Wait, don't... Am I... Oh, I'm going to tell you to go do your glyph thing. Okay, I'm hanging out by myself doing that. That's fine. We can hang out with you, but I just, like, we've got only got an hour at this point. Okay, no, I'll, I'll do it. It's fine. Just... You're safe to prepare in this house. Okay. Unless you set that glyph off now. Which I'm not going to, because be it's not going to be triggered by any one of us. So. Yeah. Unless you, like, blow something up, 
start shouting, you're fine. Don't These start are, shouting. These are not thin walls here. You're not hearing people through them. Oh. So Arnis goes down to place this glyph. What is this glyph? What will happen when it's triggered? It is an explosive glyph. Oh, I feel like that's a bad idea. It's not a real building, if that makes you um, feel better. You can go with a glyph of sleep if you want, but there's a chance that you're not going to hear that. Yeah, that's the problem. See, I'm trying to figure out because, like, my problem with the explosive glyph is we're going to be up on, like, the third floor. What happens if the living room collapses? What happens to the rest of the condo? Yeah, it's true. That's my problem. What, right uh, what now. other like, spells do you have? Structurally, what other thing, issue. What other things can that glyph do? It's explosive or a spell. Oh, that's it? Okay. Yeah, like, that's really the option. You can make the explosion anything you want. Mm-hmm. Like, the explosion doesn't have to be, like, an, a fire explosion. It can be cold, acid, lightning, mm. whatever it is. Could it be thunder? Yeah. You could do it thunder and hear it, and it might not do as much damage to the building, because it's a sound, it's a sonic attack, not a fiery attack. And it would serve as a good, like, warning, but it wouldn't be, like, an alarm bell sound that yeah. might make the neighbors go, what the hell? I mean, it would still be loud, of course. Oh, yeah. But right but it's like an odd loud sound it's mm-hmm. not like okay Thunder? Yeah, let's yeah let's do that all right you spend this hour placing a room down there mm-hmm. just inside the front door yeah, anybody who comes in through there definitely gonna trigger it depending what's the trigger um oh well, arnis is thinking like, somebody owns this house what happens if nobody comes in to get us and i forget to dismiss it and like make it go away, then somebody's gonna well, come home. If I just say like, if I just say anybody that walks over it that's not the three of us is gonna trigger it, right? If you and kill like some random dude three weeks from now, yeah. yeah. But also remember, this isn't the real world. We're in memories. I guess that's true. This is the real world, so, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Anyone who's so. not the three of us, totally acceptable. If you kill anybody in here, they're not really dead. Okay, right. Thank you for reminding me. It's so. triggered by like anyone, even so much as setting a foot on it that is not us. Or some other body part. In case somebody comes in on their hands. Or like they come through the window to, like, on their hands, yeah. Like flipping through the window or something, I don't know. Cool. That glyph is done. Darwin and Vale. You're up there on the third floor, mm-hmm. getting to the roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Darwin, you're going first? Sure, why not? Alright, are you using anything to get up there, or are you just going out there and free climbing? Sure, I'll take her up. Oh, you've got your stuff with you. Yeah. I mean, do you have anything to help you climb? Something in a dungeoner's pack. As an assassin for the god of death, you haven't, like, practiced climbing to rooftops before? He's not an assassin. I'm sorry, guys. You're the assassin. Usually usually I take the stairs and I fall down. That's usually how that works. I have a dungeoner's pack. Well, would that have pitons or anything? It's not a difficult climb. I was just curious if you had anything special. Ah, if it's Um, not difficult, screw it. Since you're not in a rush, no. But uh, give me an athletics. Fire low DC. Athletics never goes that well for me. 17. <laughs> never goes well except for that 17. All right. Yeah. And you're able to make your way up onto the roof fairly easily. Darwin, do me a favor. Lower a rope down and help me up. Because since one of us is up, we don't want to risk the other one not making it up. Of course. Yeah. All right, Bill. Go ahead and climb. I'll give you advantage. It's a 12. Still good. Not as graceful as Darwin. But you make it up there. And you're both on this roof 50 feet up. Just like these walls adjoin between buildings, so too do the roofs. Yay! So you're able to easily walk over there whenever you want. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to walk over the other roof. I'm going to walk to the corner mm-hmm. of the yard that he's going to be in. Is there something I can tie a rope to? Uh, let's go higher or low. And we're going to go low again, because I'm not feeling lucky tonight. Ooh, that is a 10, which is still on the low half. So, yes. Let's see what's going to be up there. I know what's down below, so... Built into the corner of the roof of this building is a small stone tree. It's only like a couple feet high, but it's a tree. It's meant to look nice and vibrant. And you're able to just loop a rope around that. Cool. I'm going to use that to get down into the yard. Are you going down into the yard now? Or are you saving that for when Patches gets there? That's a good question. I'm going to wait until Arnis is back in the window, and I can I know that Arnis is ready. Okay. And then I'm going to go down earlier because I want to find a place on the ground level to hide. I don't want to risk falling when he's already in the yard. Okay. So am I where I'm supposed to be? Yeah. Just waiting? Mm-hmm. All right. You just got your bow ready, Darvin? Ready. All right. Arnis, you finish placing your glyph. And you head back up to the third floor. You peek out the window, and you can see Darvin leaning over. You see Vale's got rope tied around a stone tree waving at you. Cool. That is very close to 1 a.m. now. The sky is clear. 
There's a sliver of a moon. There's light throughout the city. Not a lot, but it's not like there's ever a time when Vermilion is inactive. The city doesn't all go to sleep at the same time. And there's just very low ambient noise. Everybody's in place. While I wait, I'm going to shift into the form of my mother. This is supposed to be her kill. Beautiful. Beautiful. And then when it's close to time, I want to stealthily lower myself down into the yard. All right. Find a place to hide. Go ahead and roll stealth. This is probably the most important roll I'm going to make tonight, people. Not sure about that, but... 27. You silently glide down that rope. You look around, much like the backyard of the condo where you came in. It's about 50 feet wide. It's about 100 feet long. A little bit different setup back here in this yard. There's a bunch of honeysuckle bushes near the edge. There's an open wooden gazebo kind of farther back, closer to the alley. And there's a bunch of little stone statues. Like garden gnomes, but these are definitely not gnomes, because those are real people, and that would be highly <laughs> offensive to <Yeah>. gnomes. <laughs> Instead, these are, like, little vine people. And those dot the yard. And there's a bunch closer to the back door of the condo. I want to find a place to hide. There's some honeysuckle bushes. Probably be a good bet. So, the other thing I'm trying to think of, Scott... Is if you're looking at the backyard, right? Mm-hmm. It's a square. It's a rectangle. A rectangle. And Darwin's up on this roof here. Yeah. I want to hide in a spot where he can see me. Okay. Sure. And that's what I'm doing. You can run out about 20 feet into the backyard, hide in the honeysuckle bush. And we're waiting. Okay. Can we talk about a signal or anything? Or my... It was when I make the attack. Got it. So I wait for you to attack. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Much like the backyard of the condo you snuck in through. This one also has a canopy hanging out over the top of the back door. Only goes out about 10, 15 feet. Maybe about 10 feet high as well. Very lush fabric. And as you're hiding there in the bushes, veil, as you're standing up on the roof, Darvin, and Aranis, as you're peeking out the window, Vale's definitely the first one to see this as the doors open. And you see a silhouette of a figure. Small. Definitely patches size. There's very dim light kind of pouring out from the building, and it sounds like he's talking with someone. He takes a step out of the back door, and following him is a very thin figure in a robe, and a tall, muscular-looking person with, like, a permanent glow attached to his head. And they're chatting about something. Can I confirm that Patches is Patches? Yeah, I think you can hear his voice, and that definitely sounds like him. Sounds like the same Patches. Does everybody have line on the target? Uh, no. You would know that thanks to that overhang, that little canopy out on top of the back door, Darwin definitely doesn't have line of sight yet. Arnis, maybe a little bit. But he's either got to come out from the sides or he's got to go further out into the backyard. You don't have a lot of it, but can I roll an inside check to see if he appears like he's going to move deeper out or if they're going to stay there? Mm-hmm. I just want to, I want to, before I make my next action, I want to read them and see if, if waiting is the right choice or if making my next action is the right choice. We'll just do another high or low, whether or not they're going to come out on their own or not. Because, okay. like, insight from 20 feet away on whether yeah. or not they're going to walk somewhere feels really meh. Okay. But, like, yeah, we'll just leave this up to chance. Okay. High um, or low. They've gone low all evening. Let's go high and screw it up. That is a nine. Damn it. So Patches just leans up against the door frame, uh, like facing the other side, where this tall figure with the glow behind his head is listening, and Patches is discussing something. It seems rather important. Like, he seems to care about it. Do I think that Darwin would have a target on anyone at this point? No, they have to get out from under that canopy. Because Darwin is on a roof that doesn't extend out. Like, okay. Um, they've got to move. God, I hope this works. All right. I want to use my mage hand. You want to use, use the it yet. you want to use the mage hand in your denouement gauntlet in my denouement gauntlet. Okay, to go out and rustle a bush away from them, and they had, I, the classic like video game trick of like there's a sound over there, and hope they are lured out to, into our trap. All right, since this is a feature you haven't used of your newly upgraded gauntlet, yes. please go ahead and read that just so we all so. remember or figure out for the first time. It counts as an action. I have three charges that uh, recharge daily. I can spend a number of charges to cast it and or manipulate it. When cast, it mimics the movement of the wearer's hand, to which the bracer is attached, which is my offhand. Mm-hmm. One charge to cast it, as described in the PHP, which is a 30-foot radius and a maximum of 10 pounds it can manipulate. Yeah. Two charges to cast it and use magic items or make unarmed attacks, and three charges to mm-hmm. cast it and make weapon attacks. Yeah. 
And there's a whole other thing for overcasting. I'm yeah. Not I'm not doing that here. Uh, no overcasting? Nope. That's too bad. I put that in there just in case you want to do something crazy. Okay, so you're using one charge to send out a regular old mage hand. Mm-hmm. Okay. You cast your mage hand off into another honeysuckle bush. It just, like, grabs one and starts shaking it. Just starts it just starts shaking it, yeah. God, I hope this works. If not, we're... The three of them stop talking immediately upon the sound of this rustling bush. And all three of them walk out to go see what's happening. And once they're in the clear, I take my shot on patches. Okay. Roll your attack. You've got advantage. Advantage should not do as much as I would like to have done. 19. And as they're heading out to that honeysuckle bush to see what the heck's going on, a crossbow bolt comes sailing through the sky. And think off of something you did not see. Fuck that asshole. The thin figure in the robe turns around, and you see her eyes just light up blue. She just puts a hand out to the side. Doesn't touch either of them. She says, she's here. Patches turns around and just says, Perseverance! Wonderful. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Podcast art created by Vanessa Blockland. You can find more of her art on Facebook or at vanessablockland.com. Blockland spelled B-L-O-K-L-A-N-D. Podcast music by Daryl Dibber Reconos. You can find more of his music at dibber.mo or at soundcloud.com slash dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.libsyn.com.